Fireside Chat with Nick Sostak, the Million Card Man, Part 2. Welcome to episode number I don't know yet for The Card Diary by Javi S. Thompson. I am your host, Zenny Cards, and thank you for joining me from wherever you are listening to this. The reason I do not know the episode number yet is because I have multiple irons on the stove and multiple guests booked, more than I thought I was going to do when I originally planned out this limited podcast series, which was about 12 chapters, and I was thinking like maybe one or two guests for each aspect of the hobby. What I did not anticipate was how willing people are in the hobby to talk about their journey, and initially, I'll admit I was flattered, and I thought it was me. (laughs) But then I realized, you know, these folks, they don't know me at all other than from my Instagram profile. So it's not that I'm nice, although I like to think my approach is nice, but it's that they're nice and that people, uh, they just love talking about themselves. I mean, I'm just kidding. Uh, People in the hobby, they want to share. And it makes total sense because the people I have on, they're content creators and, uh, that's not by design, but you know, it's, that's how I find people is, is on Instagram. And when you are creating content and you're sharing yourself out in social media, um, that's exactly what you're doing You're, I mean, you know, some people can just share the cards and have no audio and no video, but, uh, you know, a good amount of folks, they share their face, their opinions, and, you know, quite frankly, their lives in and out of the hobby. So, Before I do a brief intro for my guest today, and I'm also actually recording tomorrow as well, um, I wanted to say, wow, I am, I'm so tired today. Uh, Today is a Sunday. It is, I guess, again, evergreen content, but in the moment in the hobby, it's, it's June 11th, 2023. Okay. So I am tired, but it's not hobby related at all. I'm just physically beat with having a four mile hike this morning with my kids for for scouts. Um, I ended up mowing the lawn. I unexpectedly ended up power washing some furniture, which is just so satisfying. And I, I'll, I'll admit, I really wanted to share it on, I, I wanted to share it on Instagram, but I realized it really has nothing to do with cards at all. And I have no other social media presence other than really for my hobby Instagram. So thought about using the power washer on a slab to crack it, but then I realized I shouldn't push it. <laughs> uh, cleaning up uh, plastic would be, you know, w- would not be very fun. Uh, my wife supports me in the hobby, uh, even the podcast and just everything. And I realized I want to keep it that way. <laughs> For example, I also wanted to run a slab over with our minivan because I saw it done by other people including rick probstein on instagram but again love my wife and i realized i shouldn't do that not that she's gonna listen to this though (laughs) so um i feel like this hobby time in the evening is my way to relax but you know these interviews they're not like relaxing i mean especially so early on it's it's not easy peasy lemon squeezy it's you know it can be no, not stressful either, but like, you know, I have to be alert and I have to be like mentally just ready, but I get to talk shop with some good hobby folks and I get to learn and I get to ask questions that I might not normally get to ask. 
So having said that with today's guest, when I think about being tired, I mean, wow, this guy, Nick Stosak, previously his Instagram handle was stack and sell, um, S T A K N S E L L. And now it's stack and sports S T A K N and then sports on Instagram. I mean, I was tired from just that stuff. I mean, this guy, he, he bought a million card collection. That's how I got to know him on Instagram. Uh, I think this was like in February. So that's like about four months ago. I don't know if he would say that's his claim to fame. I'll, I'll try to remember to ask that. Uh, I'm going to record with him actually in like 30 minutes. So I'm just kind of doing this intro real quick. I think that's how the timeline is going to go. Who, who knows? Could have like last second cancellations. Uh, but I have no clue how old he is. I don't really know much about him other than his, you know, forward facing persona on Instagram, which I really like his his style. Um, he seems kind of like, I don't know if it makes sense, but like, I mean, it makes sense, but I, I don't know if he would agree with it. But like kind of like being an old soul uh, in, in a young <laughs> in a young uh, mind or hobby uh, body. What I say hobby body, hobby body. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of ran out of time to prepare for this uh, again with all the things that happened this weekend. I wanted to watch his interview with Roland with FD and another podcast he was on. But I mean, no one wants to listen to hour long interviews, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, just kidding. If, if you listen to my first two guests uh they definitely went over an hour uh i know i tend to go along but hey i mean podcasts they're they're supposed to be long form right or at least i think so so okay having said that i'm gonna end this intro here now and if this does go long and i cut it into two parts maybe i'll do a brief intro for the next episode but having said all that i really look forward to this chat with nick so some musical play and then and then I'll do another intro so that I warm up uh, with with my guest and then we're, we're gonna head right into it so see you in like I don't know eight seconds okay pressed record all right just like you said Nick let's get right into it all right we are recording. Welcome to The Card Diary with Javier S. Thompson. I am your host, Denny Cards, and thank you for tuning in because today we have a special guest, someone who I have nicknamed in my mind as the Card Millionaire. Also, I thought about the nickname The Card Dog Millionaire, like Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, I've also thought about The Million Card Man, like Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and his actual name is Nick Sostak who just four months ago made some hobby Instagram waves by documenting his purchase of 1 million cards. And a few weeks ago, I saw on Instagram that his journey with those cards may have come to an end. And I thought, if I want an expert to talk about buying and selling a million cards, who better than the man himself, Nick Sostak. So welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you so much for having me on. Really, really do appreciate it. Looking forward to get into... Uh, how I got rid of the million cards, how I acquired the million cards, uh, anything else that we're going to talk about hobby-wise, personal life-wise. I'm an open book today, yes. and uh, I'm really happy to be on. I think that this podcast has a lot of growth. Like I said beforehand, I think you give a different perspective than a lot of other people in the hobby, and uh, I'm excited to get into this. Awesome. Well, everyone's got a price for the million card, man. <laughs> uh, so the rapid fire to warm you up. I have uh, some 
some tags or hats or labels and you just tell me yes or no uh and and then we can get into it a little bit more so collector yes ebay seller yes content creator 100 percent. yes breaker breaker no instagrammer yes whatnot seller no mm. no not anymore not anymore okay got it uh custom card artist no my my uh art skills are not there gotcha i i'm gonna make some content about that later and and in a future episode we'll be talking about that um so can i ask you and and i had the opportunity to talk to you for about a few minutes before we start press record and i i asked you like i was like i can't wait to talk to you and i said I, you are definitely the youngest uh, guest I have. I mean, I've only had two other guests before this, but I didn't want to ask you off camera because I wanted to give a genuine reaction. So how old are you? So I just turned 22 this January. Um, I recently, last year when I was 21, I moved out. My dad uh, decided to move in with his fiance and uh, I had the choice to either move in with them or go get my own place. And as I've learned in that year, it, it's it's not an easy process living by yourself, paying rent every month, making dinner every night, making breakfast, uh, having bills to pay, cell phone, car insurance, gas, all that stuff. There's a lot of things that add up, um, but I'm very, very blessed and grateful to go through this right now. I mean, like I know that right now, like I'm struggling sometimes money wise, there's months mm -hmm. that it's a little tighter than others. But I'm really, really grateful for going through this experience because I think that in the long run, me starting off now, I kind of know finances a little bit better than some of my friends that may move out when they're 25, 26, 27. And uh, I think I'm a little bit ahead of the game in that way. So you're 22. You live by yourself and cards is your full time business. Like that's yes. your that is your livelihood. Yes. Cards is what I do full time. I'm making a little bit of money uh, content wise, hopefully. We'll we'll make a, a lot more money in the future for that. I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. pushing content this summer. I'm going very, very hard in that. Um, but yes, cards is how I'm making money full time right now. Uh, I noticed when you said the meals you have to make, you you mentioned breakfast and dinner, but no lunch. Is that intentional? Are you are you like, I can't I can't have lunch or I, I'm a I'm a lunch guy, but I'm a snack lunch guy. I'm a. Oh, yeah. uh, what is I like to make a nice cucumber salad for lunch or a mm. uh, snack on some hummus. I've gotten a, a lot more. How do, uh, I've, I've tried to get a lot more healthier in the last year. But at the same time, like my, my breakfasts are basic. I'll have two pieces of toast, my coffee. And then at night I'll have chicken and rice or some sort of protein, rice, vegetable. Try to keep it simple. Try to keep it easy. I'm, I, I call myself the air fryer master. I'm really, really good with that thing. So, uh, yeah, I try to keep things simple, but but uh, still get my my good meals in. Yeah, let's just not talk about cards. Let's just talk about food. Uh, <laughs> no, I, but I, as an aside, I do have a question for you down the road that I that I'm going to tease now, which is I remember one of I, I really enjoy your content, and one of the things I notice is that you know, are you asked a question to the you know to the viewer or the listener, which was are you card fat? And then you just kind of mentioned what that was. And so I'll definitely talk about that in a bit because I want to get into this collection first. But before we get into that, I did want to ask you, so what area of the country do you live in? I am 10 minutes outside of the city of Chicago in a, mm -hmm. in a town called LaGrange. Okay. Um, it, I used to live in Downers Grove. I went to Downers Grove South High School. 
I don't mind mentioning all this stuff because I'm like I I, <laughs> I put my whole life out there. I really don't yeah. care if yeah people know where I I mean I I would prefer if people don't show up at my doorstep. Yeah, no street addresses. Yeah, my, my uh, <laughs> I don't I don't really care if people know. Hey, this is where I went to school. It was kind of weird mm. yesterday. I'm at a show. This guy shows me a video. It's of me at Walmart, and one of his buddies put in like his Snapchat group chat. I saw a stack and sell it at uh at Walmart today. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. I wish you would have just came up to me, but I, I I guess people know where I live, and I'm I'm cool with that too. So. Local celebrity. So <laughs> if you're close to Chicago, that means you're definitely going to national. I mean, that's oh yes, hundred percent. Yeah, and and to and you're gonna have uh. You're gonna have me over, right? You're gonna like, we're gonna like, you're gonna make me chicken and rice, and you're, I'm gonna like sleep in one of the. <laughs> no, I do that, have an that Airbnb. That couch is calling your name right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we didn't talk about that beforehand, but um, no, I I booked my ticket to uh, national last week. I have a Airbnb. I'm staying with uh, uh, adult uh, friends. When I say I don't know, I say adult friends, but that was weird. Um, but no, I I appreciate you saying that I could crash on your couch. Um, but no, I, I look forward to meeting you in, in, in national and, and a bunch of other folks. It's just going to be such a party and it won't be my first. I went in 2012. That was my first one. And then I, I haven't been to one since. So I guess in a way it is like my first cause it one 11 years ago, maybe doesn't count. So, so you're in the Chicago area, you're 22, you do cards full time, um, can, before we get into the collection, can I ask you what type of sports or non-sports cards do you collect or transact in? So uh, my my collection-wise is anything Chicago-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, I like I like the Sox. The Sox are my my main team. The Bulls, Bulls kind of Blackhawks and Bears are mm -hmm. my my main ones. And then anybody that I've met, celebrity-wise or athlete-wise, in real life. Mm -hmm. So I've had a really, really positive interaction with Melvin Gordon. So I collect some of his stuff. Mm. Um, I've got a very close family friend, Dan Feeney, who plays for the Miami Dolphins. So I try to pick up any of his autos whenever I see him. Um, and I'm, I'm still trying to get do his contenders auto. So if you have the out of 25 or out of 23 cracked ice, let me know. I'm looking for that. <laughs> Okay. And uh, that yeah. Into the world. Yep. yeah, mainly, mainly just anything that I find cool. Also, like. I see like I saw the Batman movie last year. I picked up some Batman cards because I'm like, yeah, it's cool. So anything that catches my eye, honestly. All right. I just gotta ask you, best your favorite Batman. Your the best Batman in your opinion. Ooh. I like the one with oh, I know this is very, very vague when he's like crawling out of that uh the bottom when he's trying. Oh yeah, around. yeah, What's yeah. That? When it, it was the, like the well gulag. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, no, he uh Bane put him in there with uh I mean it was the Dark Knight Rises, I guess, and like all the guys are happy they're happy for him. He's like jumping out of there with the rope and he's like, you know, climbing out. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then Bane's at like Heinz Field and and he like tears that thing down, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heinz Ward is like running through yeah, beautiful. I mean, that was actually real. That was a documentary, actually. That wasn't like special effects. That was oh, wow. straight up earthquake. He just like <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but when I said best Batman, like I was thinking, like, who is Christian Bale your favorite? Is it Michael Keaton? Is it you know I, I don't I'm not a big uh actor fan. I don't okay. I don't really care. I I, I'm not Rangers. a guy that like rushes to the uh, the box office. I'm not Got a big it. movie guy. I'll see Got a movie it. every uh, occasionally. 
I'm, I'm a big documentary guy, honestly. I just <laughs> I'm almost I've got one more episode left of the Conor McGregor documentary. So I kind of mm. like watching stuff like that. I like uh, uh, Last Chance You was my favorite show that was on Netflix of all time. Mm. Um, any any sort of documentary sports wise, I'm, I'm usually watching. So you collect UFC too, then Chicago yes. Sox. I know, I know. There's big differences between White Sox and Cubs for the Chicago area, like Southside and all that. So yeah. Sox, Bulls, Bears, Beats, Bowser, Galactica. That's an office joke, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> um, UFC. Okay, sounds good. That's cool. So, um, you know, I I, ha- I have you on here today. Uh, the claim to fame uh, for you, at least in my opinion, from you know the way I found you was. I was scrolling through my Instagram feed like I do every day and it just stopped me like just the you in a U-Haul truck. And it's like, I bought a million cards and I'm like, what? Like, I'm <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So, um, you know, I just, I liked it. And then I was like, in, you know, engaging with the post and like, you were just like, you know, answering back to people and being really nice. And, um, I just wanted to ask you, actually, all right, hold on. I did say I was going to ask the ch- – I, I, I've been putting up these chat GPT questions from my guests, and then I never end up reading them. So <laughs> here's the question I asked chat, chat GPT. Maybe I should call it chat GPT, like C-H-A-D. <laughs> all right, so I asked Chad GPT, would you advise buying a million card collection? Chat Chad GPT said, as an AI, I, I don't possess personal opinions or financial expertise. However – Buying a million card collection is a significant investment, and whether it's advisable depends on several factors. Consider the condition, rarity, and market demand of the cards, as well as your own interest in collecting or potential resale value. It's generally a good idea to research and consult with experts in the field to make an informed decision. So I guess my question to you is, Nick, did you... Uh, consult with an expert in the field before making an informed decision? I I really didn't. I kind of, so it's, we'll, we'll go kind of all in on this. So basically how, how it got reached out to me and uh, a subscriber of the channel reached out, mm-hmm. said that he just had picked up this collection from a guy in Dallas. He had never sold a card ever before on eBay. Didn't really know what he was getting himself into. He purchased the collection because he had bought a card on eBay. He had messaged the seller after like four or five days gone by. And he's like, hey, like, do you plan on shipping this item? Gets a message back. Hey, I'm really sorry. I have no idea where this card is. My my husband suddenly passed away this week. He owned a card shop in the 90s. He's got all this stuff labeled, but I don't know where to where, where your card is. I'm going to I like plan on closing the store down reach back out to get more information, finds out that she wants to sell it. He, he buys it off her. He's like, Oh, this is going to be a fun time. Cool time drives from Michigan all the way down to Dallas, picks up the collection, loads it into a U-Haul, brings it home, gets it home, unloads it with his kids. And his wife is like, what did you buy? Our whole garage is filled. Our whole basement is filled with cards. And she was like, not very happy with it. And then he emailed me and reached out like, hey, like my wife's not happy. I want to come. I want to get rid of this. I kind of thought that he it was like kind of trolling at first. Mm-hmm. And then he he sends me some pictures. I'm like, all right, like maybe we'll go ahead and see it. So me and my friend Mitchell, we went out, drove out there, didn't expect to even buy it. I thought that he was maybe just going to sell us a couple boxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we agreed on a price. Took some of it home. 
came back another day, loaded up all in a U-Haul, started at 7 a.m. And, and got everything unloaded by 8 p.m. that night. Wow. 7 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Yes. And the uh, Michigan Drive was about two hours each way. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so before we start, I hit record, I, I asked you, you know, like the more details, the better podcast, long form. I said, you know, paint us the word picture like your Bob Ross. Get into those little trees if you want. You know, tell us about how you found this collection. Great details in there. Um, definitely sounded a little sus in the beginning with I can't find the card and my husband passed away. Like we as we know, eBay sellers and buyers come up with the craziest excuses, uh, especially involving like kids or pets or family members like pressing bid or you know opening up their phones with face ids i don't know yeah. it's, it's just wild so can i ask you i, I really want to dive into this uh first with the buying and then with the selling so um that first uh shipment or that first batch that you picked up um like what did you, what did you find in there low end high end mid ends uh just just kind of help us understand what you grabbed yeah so the first boxes that we brought home uh to to paint the picture like we were driving a lexus rx 350 so we didn't fit that many boxes in there uh, i'd probably say roughly 10 uh probably like 15 24 five rows mm -hmm. and then like two or three uh two rows mm -hmm. uh there is three two rows full of slabs mm -hmm. uh some five rows full of patches and autos mm -hmm. and the the first process was just getting rid of all those slabs so i i i, I end up Churning off all those slabs. Some of them I was like, okay, these go on eBay. These mm -hmm. I could sell to a guy that I know does whatnot. And this was mm -hmm. at the time when I'm like, all right, I'm done with whatnot because mm -hmm. I'm like, I just bought this massive collection. We can go into more detail about this with the live auction platforms, yeah. but with it's just a lot work. of, it's a lot of time and it's a yeah. lot of work. And if I'm yeah. going to be doing this collection, I can't be doing both. Absolutely. So the most expensive stuff I was finding, uh, triple autos of, uh, from triple threads. Mm -hmm. David Wright, Pedro Martinez, and uh, Zach Wheeler. There, mm. There's like some really, really cool triple thread stuff I ended up getting rid of. I think the most expensive card we found a, I want to say, uh, Travis Kelsey numbered rookie. It was pretty low numbered. I, we got a couple hundred bucks for that. Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't much that it was like, whoa, we just got $1,000 on that. But okay. there was like, we go through a box and we found a whole row of Aaron Donald Topps Chrome rookies, which is mm. like 400 of them. And if those are five five bucks a piece, that's two grand right there. So that it wasn't so much like, ooh, I got a big, big piece of card that goes for two grand right here. Mm -hmm. But there was mm -hmm. the quantity and of yeah. guys that I'm like, okay, these sell really well. We can get rid of these pretty easily. Yeah. So you mentioned some baseball players, a football player. As the basketball guy, I do have to ask any basketball, soccer, UFC, you know, things you collect, non-sports cards. What about those? Yeah, there was there was some. Uh, like I, I've I've actually got like one little pile that I have to list tonight that I that I forgot <laughs> was even on a box, but like found some like Game of Thrones kind of stuff. Game of Thrones. That's not that's non-sports stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, basketball wise. Ooh, uh, found some 86, 87 Fleer. Um, none of the big names. I mean, I got, I got, mm -hmm. a, I, we sold a couple Magic Johnsons from 86 Fleer, mm -hmm. sold uh, some Kareem's, 
graded some stuff. A, a lot of the money was made in the grading of the cards because some of them were in pretty good condition. The guy just, it seemed like he didn't do much grading. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting those, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a rookie. There was no Giannis's, unfortunately, mm. but I'm trying to think of some like big basketball guys that came on late. I'm, I'm mainly thinking of the football guys because there was tons of Kelsey's, Got tons it. of Don, Darnold's or Donald. Donald's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sam Darnold, I, not as good as Aaron Donald. Yeah, so th- there was a bunch of like guys that were late risers yeah. that was probably put in a box, and the guy probably ripped tons and tons of Bowman Chrome, Tops Chrome back in the day. Mm. It was like, I don't, uh, this guy's not hot right now, and now he's hot today. Yeah, so uh, can, I got to ask about the condition of the cards because, um, you know, I wrote down in my notes here that, you know, I, I'm going to talk about this in a future episode, but. Uh, King of Collectibles, The Golden Touch, Netflix, Ken Golden, all that. So I remember this one collection in King of Collectibles. There's like four million cards. I don't know. Have, have you seen the show? I have not. Okay. Gotcha. Um, the, gold, the one with Golden, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Ken yeah, Golden yeah. and the, the Golden Empire. So, I mean, four million cards. I mean, that's that's three million more than, than uh, you know, that you procured. But the first thing when I saw it, because they were all up in this guy's attic. And they were trying to figure out, you know, like how to, you know, how much of this does he want to eventually sell and consign. So when I see cards in an attic, I immediately think of humidity and humidity damage and worry. I think that maybe that attic, I think maybe I was kind of like pausing the video and rewinding because I was like, wait a minute. Is that like ventilated? Is that air conditioned or like, you know, HVAC uh, connected? Um, that's th- those are things that go through your mind right now. Now that I'm in cards, like before I would like not care. But now I'm like, wait, humidity. Let me talk. Let me think about that. So because um, c- let me just say, let me just share that um, as someone who who did stash his old collections in attics. Um, I thought that my cards were in perfect condition at um, corners, centering, uh, you know, surface, everything looked good. And then I would submit to PSA and then I would get nines. And, you know, we all know about like Michael Jordan pop control of PSA, whether that's conspiracy or not, who knows. But I would get these cards back as nines. And I'm like, why? Why is that the case? They look perfect. They everything looks perfect about these cards. They, they should be gem. And I thought, you know maybe the edges with humidity like curling up just enough where the edges got maybe dinged uh i thought that's got to be the only reason because everything else looked so good with these cards so the um so the condition of these cards um you know when you have four or five row um the bcws or the white boxes they were all penny sleeved were they all in good condition so there was some stuff that was penny sleeved but you you got to like my the the main thing is this guy had to put it in perspective tons of 2012 to 2018 bowman Mm. and bowman chrome of uh baseball Mm. and this the sleeved or top loaded stuff was mainly Mm. of players that were good at that time so (laughs) gordon beckham was the top prospect coming out in, in I think, 2010 Bowman Chrome. Mm-hmm. Who turned out to be the best? Mike Trout. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't find Mike Trout in there. But you got to think, all right, back in the day, uh, Jameis Winston stuff was crazy expensive. Marcus Mariota was crazy expensive. So that stuff we would find in a top loader. And then you'd find unsleeved 
of of big name guys that it's like, well, <laughs> why is this not sleeve? Well, and then I, I would think to myself, well, back in the day, this was, was nothing. But yeah. thankfully, he didn't be he he kept very good care of his stuff, uh-huh. and he had everything organized in a. We didn't end up finding the spreadsheet, unfortunately, but mm. every box had a name. Mm-hmm. Every card had a uh, – if, if it was on eBay, this is what I just – I think that he was doing. It had a serial number on – like a stickered serial number on the card. Mm. So he would pick up the card, and he'd be like, okay, this is S1923. This mm-hmm. is going to this seller. That That's what the biggest sellers kind of have to do on eBay because mm-hmm. they have to have it organized. I I was I'm so glad you said that because that was going to be my next question. How was it all organized? Um, I mean, there's so many ways to organize, and and you see these value bins at show shows where it's uh, you know, I mean, the simplest one is to sort it by sport, and then it's like, well, do you go by team? Do you go by player? I I've actually had that discussion with other dealers when I would do uh, set up shop in like a local card show. People are like, hey, you know, I I was thinking about moving some cards around, and it's almost like we're all just finding reasons to flip through our cards, you know, like we, uh, like we're trying to figure out like, why is this not selling? Is it because people can't find, you know, the, their, their Hornets or their, you know, Lamella balls or Lonzo balls? Like, should I go by team, you know, player name and all this stuff? So it's really interesting um, that, you know, that, yeah, the, the serial numbered or the, the organization is so important uh, for the seller and for a million cards, it's gotta be, uh, you know, a thousand times more important than someone who has like a hundred, I don't even know if the math works on that, but so did you re-serialize number things or did you keep it the way that he had it? I kept it the way that he had it. The the stuff that went on eBay, the way that I sort my eBay boxes, I will sort it by sport, mm-hmm. by the front of my boxes are all sorted by autos and patches and the back are sorted by uh, rookies and, and serial numbered of non-rookies. Mm-hmm. So that that's just the way that I sort it in two two row, three row, or four row boxes, depending on how much I have of that particular sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I when I was dealing with his collection, it it was a lot of reorganizing. Okay, pull this out. This needs to go on eBay. Making just stacks of cards that'll go on eBay. Making stacks of okay, this is what what's going to come to the show. Mm-hmm. These are probably three dollar cards. We could list them. But how much is my time worth? Is it worth listing a $3 card on eBay mm. if we've got all this other stuff that we got to go through? Or is it just let's throw it in the dollar bin, let someone else make money on it. They're yeah. happy because they made some money. We're happy because we got rid of the card. And right. I'm, we're also happy because you're going to come back to my table the next time because you got something good. Right, right. So that long-term relationship, not just viewing it as a one-time transactional thing, but more of like building a relationship. Oh, that, that, that's, I mean, when I first got started in the hobby in, in 20, my first show, I want to say it was like 2013, 2012. So when, when you were in diapers, basically, I mean, yeah. this is like nuts, but yeah. <laughs> when, I was ten, when I was 10, 11, oh my, I, I yeah. remember just like, I'm like, I, I was thinking that these, were, these transactions was like, I buy this card off someone and I never see him again. Yeah. And like, Ooh, I got a really good deal. Like. Maybe I, I fleece him on this. Like, I, I don't ever have to see him again. But now, like, I'm some, I'm a show goer. I go to shows every weekend, two times a weekend. Sometimes if there's a Friday show, three times a weekend. The relationships are everything that you have. Mm-hmm. You, you break a relationship. 
you can break relationships with five, six, seven, eight people because that person that you broke the relationship tells those eight people and, and it's over. So yeah. relationships are everything in, in this industry. I've learned it's a lot of relationships in every business, but this industry, it's so much more just because it's such a tight knit industry and it's not hard to for something to get around the room and people to hear something and then it, get, mm -hmm. it gets over to the other side of the room and they hear it too. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, so I definitely want to talk about setting up as a dealer, but when it comes to selling this collection, um, you know, we talked about you, you, you mentioned that you were on whatnot and then you got off that. So eBay, whatnot, selling at shows, right? So how yes. much of each would you say this, this collection went towards selling? Cause I guess we've, we've transitioned from the buying part to the selling part, but could yeah. you talk about like, you know, if it's, the million cards is like a pie uh, or like a hundred percent. How much percentage is those three and, and other, other avenues that I haven't even mentioned. Yeah. So I would probably put 30% into dealing with uh, local shops mm -hmm. because a large, not a large portion, but I'd say 35% of the money that we made back was just in supplies because this guy mm. had top loader sleeves, one touches, mm -hmm. uh, bubble mailers, all this mm. stuff just built up and there was tons of it. And like, I probably, me, I probably could have kept it and used it over time, mm -hmm. but I'm looking to make my money as fast as possible. And right. I'm not looking for a long dime. I'm looking for a quick nickel. I'm looking to make my money Ooh. as quick as possible. That's so I was, what I was doing was I would take supplies mm -hmm. and Yes, a, a, a shop is always going to be able to sell top loaders, always going to be able to sell sleeves. I could sell it to them and they would probably buy it at 70% of whatever they're buying it from, from their, their dealer net or wherever they're getting their stuff from. Mm -hmm. But me, what I would do, I would trade it. So I'd be like, okay, we've got $2,000 worth of cards right here. What are like $2,000 cards that I can get if that's a Jackie Robinson, if that's a Willie Mays, if that's a hot quarterback right now what can mm -hmm. i get that i could flip and make 1700 bucks on the two if if i want to flip them at at 85 90 quickly compared to taking that 70 percent cash from you like are you okay with that and most shops are because they're like well we're gonna need it at some point we're gonna yeah. use it at some point we don't mind taking that in That's and then I, I yeah go we could talk about that right now but no sorry i I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just like, that's ingenious. That I've, I've actually never heard of someone trading bulk supplies for cards. So I, I don't want to, I mean, keep cooking, please resume. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say another 30% is mm -hmm. from shows, mm -hmm. selling the dollar box stuff, mm -hmm. selling the individual cards at shows. Um, me, I'm just like, you know what? Let's, let's, if we could pocket some of this cash, I don't like to leave a show with cash. I like to spend that cash by the end of the show and then use that inventory to either trade into something, trade out of something, mm. or list that on eBay. Take all those dollar card money that I get and turn it into one $400 Desmond Ritter auto or a Fields auto that I know that I can move at the next show. Not just go home with money in my pocket because my money can't work for me i mean it, it can but it's just sitting there that's four hundred dollars it's not turning into anything my 400 buying a car could sometimes turn into 450. nick this is where there's a big difference between being 22 and 40. 
you 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 don't have a girlfriend. I mean, like, sorry, I I, I just want to ask: Do you have a significant other or? No, I am okay. I am single and very happy about it right now. I am I am I I am very grateful that I could be as selfish as possible right now. <laughs> that I I don't have my my people that I love are my mom, my dad, my sister, and a a go. couple close friends. Yeah, and and my dog, and that's all I really oh, got to worry about. And I don't even yes. live with those people anymore. So. uh yeah, I could be as selfish as possible right now, which is nice. The reason I ask is I've set up as a dealer at a show and I'll be gone from, you know, with the driving distance, like, let's say from like 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And my my wife will ask me, hey, how was the show? And I was like, oh, it was a lot of fun. And I was like, well, how did you how much money did you make? And I'm like, uh, I, 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 you know, as a dealer you buy cards at margin you know like you're you have a table um power and she's like no but how much money did you make and i'm like well okay so here's the thing <laughs> i didn't make money i actually ended up but so then she was like you you spent the entire day of a weekend and it was in order to deal to sell cards, but you came back with a card, and I'm just like, oh no, like I messed up, I messed up. Like I can't, I can't, like I want to explain it to her, but it's just. So I guess what I'm saying is like, that's awesome. Like the the concept of not leaving a show uh, with cash is uh, really awesome. I have inadvertently done that, um, much to chagrin, um, and then. There have been times when I'm like, I have to make something or like, you know, I mean, of course, you want to make your table fee. Right. Which will I want to talk about your local show in a bit here, too. But, you know, there's there are definitely real costs and, and implicit costs when you set up um, one of them really being time. Time is money. And oh, yeah. so um, but, you know, I, I I joke, you know, I wasn't like prying to see, you know, what your relationship status was. But, man, I'm telling you, like, enjoy that. Uh, I mean again it's your livelihood right like me like i'll i'll definitely have fun in the hobby and i'm trying to make some money on the side just to self-fund the hobby but it, it i'm not reliant on the hobby money to for rent where you are right so you have even though you say you don't want to leave a show with money it's not that you're being fiscally irresponsible it's that you are actually trying to get something liquid that you can turn into rent money uh uh in the future right a hundred a hundred it's okay uh the the i mean now i've got a, a couple other avenues if that's buying on facebook buying on discord there's other avenues to buy mm -hmm. but before i had those avenues it's like okay i go home with this money in my pocket what am i gonna be able to buy during the week i've only got this much i've only got this many cards to list on ebay mm -hmm. how, well how am i gonna make more money during the week like how am i gonna like I'm gonna have so much open time. Like, what, right. what am I gonna do? Just spend those those four days after I'm done listing, just just uh, uh, making content. Like I, I don't have enough <laughs> enough ideas for that. So right, so right. it's just like I need to buy more because I know that I can turn it. I, I I look at my eBay sales every two weeks, every every week, every month. I compare it month to month. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this is where my sales are. This is how much money I took out of the bank. And being mm. able to be like, okay, I need to, I need to up the inventory. I need to buy more. Yeah. I can't just sit back and and get lazy and sit at home and do nothing. I need to mm. keep buying stuff and have more stuff to list on eBay because it's it's working. Wow, that 
now now we're doing real talk now now we're doing like seller to seller type of talk but you're like again like much more into it than i am i'm I'm almost like like you know the tagline or the nickname i like to give myself which is um you know being like a jack of all trades master of none so i've done a bunch of little things here and there and and i've dabbled so having said that though ebay 250 free listings another 100 at like 30 cents unless you get like the store and like you pay the monthly fee are you at, where are you as an ebay seller with that do you have a store do you have the usr or the tstr if you know what i mean like i uh, i don't know what what i'm not exactly sure on that i'm a a i i, I pay the the pro version which gets me pro 500 version. listings a month got it i probably don't even need that right now okay uh, before i was using that i'm thinking about like lowering my store down to whatever the a little bit over 250 is mm -hmm. but because me i have not gone as heavy the last two months into the cards under seven dollars we can talk about this but i have been yeah. sending boatloads of cards to comc right now just uh. because i i'm like okay i've got i've got this to do i've got that to do do i really need to spend four hours of my day listing four dollar cards mm. and and i look at by the end all right i just listed six hundred dollars worth of cards but like i i, I feel like crap afterwards because like i'm like <laughs> i listed all these cards and i didn't even really like there's not even much money that i'm gonna make out of it like right it's like a it, it makes no sense so i'm like you know what i'm not gonna make as much money yeah but just give it to comc let them deal with it let them upload <laughs> it it, may, it takes some time but right. my thing is all about time money happiness Right. leaving myself some time during the day where i could go and i, I love for all things so give myself some time to go and do that and not just work 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 all the time i love to right. work i enjoy what i do but but give myself some free time as well do you have like a record or like a personal best that you have in your mind of how many you've listed in one day because i'll share with you like in about a two uh, maybe one hour time and then like a little bit more for like drafts or uploading the photos but like i think about in an hour or two i've listed up to like 50 listings in one day and but the, after that i'm like zapped i'm like my brain is just you know copy paste excel taking pictures i don't use a scanner like i would love to get a fujitsu scanner but like those like that's for someone who's like a, who wants to master ebay selling and for me i'm just taking you know pictures with my phone and i'll just have an excel spreadsheet and i'll have i'll try to like make things as uh, efficient as possible but like do you have a number in mind or a, a range i actually hit it last was it last tuesday mm -hmm. it was a, it was a grind of a day mm -hmm. it was 162 listings in one day Ooh. yeah but the i i will say the the good thing about it it was a a all psa slab lot that i picked up mm. and it was all f1 tops chrome sapphire so mm. it was a lot of I would I would make if if this is a suggestion that I would make to anybody yeah. if you are listing um, all Bowman Chrome or all all Tops Chrome just make a template and yeah. then specialize that okay Spencer Strider Ronald Acuna make, like mm -hmm. differentiate don't have every like don't have their name in, in that one and then have it to delete it every time make the yeah. template where you could just write the person's name in write the number have rookie card RC already in the title. Yeah. And you're good with that. It, it makes things, it speeds up the process. I've been selling on eBay since 2015. 
Mm-hmm. So I've been doing it a little bit. I picked up picked up things along the way. Yeah. Item description automatically just paste there. Yeah. Um, different things that that I've got that uh, being able to look up comps a little faster sometimes, and uh, that was my personal best. I know some people that are even faster that use Car Dealer Pro, but yeah, since that... I stopped dealing with the low end stuff, I just it, mm-hmm. it's a I use a Epson V six hundred scanner, so it's bringing mm. down. Scanning the the front side, the back side, and mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of time. And like you said, like you could drive yourself crazy if you do it for too long. Yeah. So you do have a scanner. Uh, not an official sponsor, Epson. Um, but what, what was that number again, though? Epson. Epson V six hundred. V six hundred. Not a sponsor. I honest, yeah. like I, I'm learning now. I should have put an affiliate link in my Epson video because I could have made some money off of it. Yeah. I'm, and for I'm, the. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to learn these things that you you can make money off of, off the, some of these videos that I make. Yeah, for but. the people who are only listening to audio though, um, Nick has now put on a hat from Epson, and <laughs> he. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I got I got to figure out how to uh, get a bigger YouTube audience because right now this is mainly for audio, and so um, I do like to stream. Right now we're on Streamyard and we're doing. Um, I, I do plan to upload this to YouTube, but mainly so I can clip for instagram for it but um oh yeah yeah. but you know like uh let's let's talk about that like so for me youtube it's like it's just such a grind starting from zero and for you for ebay as a seller like i think uh i did find your profile you're over like two thousand uh sales uh with with like almost perfect like um (laughs) i was like who is that 0.3 percent person who like gave you like some it's probably some person who didn't like the shipping charge or something happened with postage but my question to you is you had to start from zero and did you feel any hesitation when you started from zero to to post some of your more better cards in order to build up that seller rating and reputation first because i know i have we're talking on ebay correct yes yes ebay so so to basically uh, give a little synopsis on on my eBay store. I did not start selling cards full time until 2021, and yeah. before that, I was what what people would call a flipper. I would go yeah. to Goodwill, Salvation mm. Army, mm. Um, Garage Sales, which go check out that new video. Very very, I think it's very okay. informative on on some stuff that you could find at Garage Sales and. You got some extra time. I think it's a I, I'll to put do. it in the. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, I I was really big on. Uh, I was in this group called Flip Flip. We would buy things from retail stores like Target, Walmart mm-hmm. that they would have at either a a low price or like a TikTok trend that went viral. Some things that I that, that just come to my mind. There was one Christmas. I don't know if it, it's when the show came out. But there was this thing called the Coco Melon JJ doll. Mm. Have you ever have you ever heard of Coco I'm, Melon? Mike, so I I've heard of it. I didn't know they had toys, but it makes sense because every show has toys. But no, I I have not bought my kids when they were like younger Coco Melon. But yeah, tell me more about it. Okay, so Coco Melon, like the baby, it was just the baby, and these things were twenty dollars retail. Uh huh. And I was selling them. On Amazon, 60 bucks a piece. On eBay, 60 bucks a piece. <laughs> and this is just me straight out of high school, in high school or or in 
like right before, right after I dropped out, just driving target to target, Walmart to Walmart, sometimes out of the state, looking on the target app. Okay. They've got six available. I got to go to this store. They've got four available. I got to go to this store. I would order them online. I would wait, wait until this. I, I, mm-hmm. that, that was one specific product, but I was also selling Xboxes when those were really popular PlayStation mm-hmm. when those were really popular. And I've kind of just built up my, my feedback from that. And then I'd probably say that was probably my first six, 700 feedback. And the last oh. two years is probably where I built up the last 13, 1400 feedback positive wise. Gotcha. That makes, that makes total sense. Um, because I guess when we think about selling on eBay, I mean, yeah, you could sell anything. And I guess I have seen some people, uh, their, their card seller profiles, they're like, Hey, um, I got some Oakley's sunglasses. Do you want these Ray-Bans? Do you want this random, um, video game cartridge or whatever? Right. So makes total sense. So you were selling video games, you were selling Coco Melon, um, and you did, you know, like acknowledge that you, you were in for the flips and all that. Um, I have so many questions from the last minute that you just spoke, but um, one of them is, do you see a lot of like your sell? And these are questions that I didn't have planned ahead of time, but just from the flow of conversation, like, do, do you see, did you have some flipper friends who have like left the hobby because of like the, the less of an arbitrage opportunity, like, you know, in this uh, current market state? Oh yeah. I, I've got a couple people that just come to the mind. Um, I've got, I've got people that, that I've just, maybe I've seen at a show once in the last year. And I'm like, where'd you mm-hmm. go? He's like, I just lost so much money on this. I lost so much money on mm-hmm. that. And I even mm-hmm. know people that were in, cause I was at sneaker con this last weekend. So oh. many people that were in that and just got burned a couple times. And I'm just like, yeah, this just isn't for me. I'm going to go either go work the nine to five or go and do, mm-hmm. uh, go, go to school, whatever, and, and go and do that. And more power to you, do whatever you want. But, mm-hmm what i've this is just my personal experience i enjoy failing and 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 learning from the failure and not Mm -hmm. so much just having things given to me and and reading it in a book like reading it in a book's Mm -hmm. great like all right don't do this but when you when you put your hand on the fire and you put it on the stove and you're like damn that's hot Mm -hmm. don't do it again instead of Mm -hmm. you read about it sometimes you'll do it because you're like Oh, he's wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And then when you yeah. go and do it, you're like, never making that mistake again. Wow. Wow. I, I like that a lot. I mean, it, it is the classic example of the hand on the stove. But um, and this is a question that I didn't have prepared. Um, and I wasn't, you know, like, I'm not looking to interview, uh, interview. This is more of a I'm trying to make these more of chats, but and not interviews. But of course, I'm the one asking questions because I want to learn more and have the audience learn more too. Um, But you did open the door to kind of like mentioning how you didn't finish school. So if it's okay for me to kind of like ask about that, I did notice in your Instagram uh, that the popular weekend when people were graduating, you had posted about how you, you weren't graduating. And I thought it was a powerful post. I, Instead of me trying to cobble together my memory of it, could you speak to the post that you made and um, just just all your feelings ar- around that moment? Yeah. So uh, brief synopsis. When I was eight, 18, I went to Illinois State University for one semester. Before I even went there, I just 
I didn't even really want to go to school. It was my parents kind of pushing me like, like you're so smart. Like I, I've always been really smart, not so much uh, good grades, but like if, when I put the effort in, like I, I got A's, I got, I, I had semesters where I got straight A's or, or straight A's and B's. But when I don't care is when things hit the fan and, and things don't go well. And I would, I, I remember talking to my business teacher my freshman year and uh I was just like I'm not not really happy here like I don't like I'm I'm an entrepreneurship major and I'm surrounded by all people that all they want to do is just they they want to work a nine to five after this and he's like well what's your gut telling you I'm like my gut's telling me that I'm not supposed to be here that I'm supposed to be like going and experimenting and and failing in the world Mm -hmm. and and he's like, well, then go chase your thing. Like, don't don't stick here just because your mom or your dad want you here. Go and chase your dream. And once they see that your dream is what you want to you want to go after. And if you put the effort in, they'll be happy for you if they're if they're good parents. And thankfully they are. But I, I basically went there. I went to one semester of a community college COVID hit. And my dad started to see that I was making some good money through flipping i was able to put some money to the side i bought a new car um that i ended up totaling last year rest in peace to that that 27 ford fusion but hey we we got a nice 2011 toyota camry right now which is fine (laughs) but that love the details exactly we we, but that that next three years i'm just experimenting seeing what what's going on I'm, i'm never I'm always living in the moment. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm planning for the future, but at the same time, just like trying to fail, trying to experiment, trying to experience, and just like, can I can I come work for your shop for a day? I've worked for three or four different shops. Like, is this something that I want to get into? Do I mm-hmm. do I want to stick in in flipping sneakers? Do I want to do I want to do this? Experiment in this? Or do I want to? I, I I was working for a I was marketing for a landscaping company at one point. Do I want to work in this the rest of my life and just kind of touching different things. And then this last year when I'm like, damn, like all my friends are graduating this year. Mm -hmm. And, and it was like, I'll be honest. Like there was days when I'm like, well, like all I've got to really show for is a couple thousand Instagram followers. and, And that's about it. Like, I don't, I don't have a piece of paper that says I do this very very well or i'm really really good at this and my friends got a degree that shows hey like i could sit in a classroom and learn and take in knowledge and and i can't do that like what if this doesn't work out mm-hmm. what if what if what if what what if i i i fail and and then three years i i've i've got no money and I, i've got no no place to go and then i then bring myself back together and i'm like if if that does happen in three years i'm 25 i go back to school I work a BS job for the next 30, 40 years of my life. And if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. But I would rather 50 years from now be able to turn on YouTube with my grandkids and be like, you know what? When I was 20 to 25, I chased my dream and you should too. You shouldn't just do what society tells you to do. Chase your thing. And if you put all your effort into it, it will work out. Maybe it won't. But at least you could go to sleep at night and be like, you know what? I chased my thing and I didn't listen to all the outside noise. I did what I wanted to do. 
all right, so I guess I got to go quit my job now. Um, <laughs> my my nine to five job. No, that that was incredible. I loved that you are really pursuing your 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 dreams and your the, the passion you have for the ca- cardboard is so prevalent. It's 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 right there, and I mean I, I have my mind is swimming uh but especially like you're you're 22 and you have this perspective of like again um you know i've talked about coming back into cards as like you know jokingly at first my midlife crisis you're like literally almost half my age and here i am learning from you and you are you're not even the next generation of the of of the hobby you are the current generation you're just the younger part and here you are just like i i definitely by no means am glamorizing you know like the 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 like dropping out of school and all that but like i i give you so much props and credit for doing what you're doing and taking a huge leap of faith in yourself that i think a lot of people i mean i would say including myself are 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 like i'll just say the word scared to do so like really really like my my hat's off to you literally and figuratively (laughs) my hat's off to you like (laughs) That's real stuff, man. That is real stuff. Um, I want to say uh, we are around the 45 minute mark. Um, did you want to take a moment here to pause and I can edit this last part or should we just power through? I'm good. I'm good to go. I don't need. I don't wow. Need <laughs> okay. I, I almost feel like I need a I almost feel like I need a moment because <laughs> I feel like what you just said was so uh, moving and inspirational. So I'm looking at my notes. Uh, we'll just uh, I won't cut any of this out, but I might make it into a two parter. Um...